Lesson number 107, Surah At-Tawbah, ayah number 64 to 74. We'll listen to the recitation first. يَحْذَرُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ أَن تُنَزَّلَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُورَةٌ تُنَبِّئُهُمْ بِمَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ قُلْ اسْتَهْزِئُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُخْرِجٌ مَا تَحْذَرُونَ وَلَئِنْ سألتهم ليقولن إنما كنا نخوض ونلعب قل أبي الله وآياته ورسوله كنتم تستهزئون لا تعتذروا قد كفرتم بعد إيمانكم إن نعف عن طائفة منكم نعذب طائفة بأنهم كانوا مجرمين المنافقون والمنافقات بعضهم من بعض يأمرون بالمنكر وينهون عن المعروف ويقبضون أيديهم نسوا الله فنسيهم إن المنافقين هم الفاسقون وعد الله المنافقين والمنافقات والكفار نار جهنم خالدين فيها هي حسبهم ولعنهم الله ولهم عذاب مقيم كالذين من قبلكم كانوا أشد منكم قوة وأكثر أموالا وأولادا فاستمتعوا فاستمتعوا بخلاقهم فاستمتعتم بخلاقكم كما استمتع الذين من قبلكم بخلاقهم وخضتم كالذي خاضوا أولئك حبطت أعمالهم في الدنيا والآخرة وأولئك هم الخاسرون ألم يأتهم نبأ الذين من قبلهم قوم نوح وعاد وثمود وقوم إبراهيم وأصحاب مدين والمؤتفكات أتتهم رسلهم بالبينات فما كان الله ليظلمهم ولكن كانوا أنفسهم يظلمون والمؤمنون والمؤمنات بعضهم أولياء بعض يأمرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر 
الْمُنْكَرِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ وَيُطِيعُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ أُولَئِكَ سَيَرْحَمُهُمُ اللَّهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَمَسَاكِنَ طَيِّبَةً فِي جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ ذلك هو الفوز العظيم يا ايها النبي جاهد الكفار والمنافقين واغلظ عليهم وماواهم جهنم وبئس المصير يحلفون بالله ما قالوا ولقد قالوا كلمة الكفر وكفروا بعد إسلامهم وهموا بما لم ينالوا وما نقموا إلا أن أغناهم الله ورسوله من فضله فإن يحذر he is cautious apprehensive afraid who Al-Munafiquna, the hypocrites. Why are they afraid? Why are they apprehensive? An that tunazzala, it will be sent down, meaning it will be revealed, alayhim upon them. Upon who? Upon the believers. Obviously, revelation will be sent to who? To the Prophet ﷺ, and he will inform the believers. So what are they afraid about? That what is going to be revealed? Suratun asurah, a chapter, Tunabbi'uhum, it will inform them. Meaning that surah is going to inform the believers bima of that which fi qulubihim in their hearts. In whose hearts? In the hearts of the hypocrites. So the hypocrites are worried that a surah will be revealed to the Prophet ﷺ informing the believers about what the hypocrites conceal in their hearts. Qul, say, Istahzi'u, mock, meaning keep on mocking, continue. Inna Allah, indeed Allah, mukhrijun, one who will bring out, meaning he will expose, ma that which tahdarun, you all fear. In this ayah, what do we learn? That the hypocrites are afraid, they are cautious, they are very apprehensive, that a surah might be revealed exposing them. Telling the believers about what the hypocrites conceal in their hearts of the ill feelings against the Prophet ﷺ, against the Muslims, and also about what they conspire secretly against the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims, 
Yet this fear does not stop them. They're afraid, yet they do not stop. This is just like a person who knows he's done something wrong, he's guilty, and because of that, he's afraid that he might be exposed. But yet, despite that fear, he doesn't stop doing the wrong thing, he continues. But at the same time, he's afraid. If you find out about someone who's doing something wrong, and they're afraid, yet they continue, what do you think of such a person? What do you think of such a person? That, how dumb could you be? I mean, you're afraid, you know you might get caught, but still you're doing it. You know like little children, when their mothers put them to bed, and they turn the light off, and they close the door, and they expect them to go to sleep. But what happens? Those children, they get up and they start jumping on their bed or something. And then as they hear the mother coming, they say, she's coming, she's coming, get into bed quickly. You remember doing that? Right? All kids do such things. Mom is coming, mom is coming quickly. You think the mother doesn't know already? I mean, she heard you when she was downstairs. Right? But who does this? Children do it. Why? Because they don't realize the kind of behavior they are demonstrating that how bad it is. It doesn't befit a person who has intelligence to demonstrate such behavior. Right? It doesn't befit a person who has reason to behave in this manner. So, it shows the foolishness of the hypocrites. They are apprehensive, they are worried, they might get caught, they might be exposed, yet they continue. They are afraid, yet they are not afraid. Like a person who is cheating on a test, he's looking around, right? Is the invigilator anywhere near? And then as soon as they come, as soon as they see that they're approaching, instantly they stop cheating. This person is not afraid of Allah. Who are they afraid of? People. So because of social pressure, because of the people around them, they will fix their ways. But as soon as those people are gone, as soon as they're alone, what are they going to do? They're going to continue in their wrong ways. And this is one of the most despicable, one of the most despicable behaviors that a person could have. It's very, very lowly, very lowly for a person to behave like this. It shows that he doesn't have any reason. He doesn't have any intelligence. He doesn't have any fear of God. If you are running away from people, you think Allah cannot catch you? Allah cannot hold you accountable? So, يَحْذَرُ munafiqun. They're afraid, yet they do not stop. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens them. قُلْ say إِسْتَهْزِئُوا Go ahead, keep mocking. Continue in your wrong ways. Continue in your mockery. And what is going to happen? إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُخْرِجٌ مَا تَحْذَرُونَ Allah is going to bring out. Notice the word مُخْرِجٌ. It's from kharaja. Kharaja is he came out. مُخْرِج One who brings out. So whatever you conceal in your hearts, whatever you conceal in your private gatherings, Allah is going to bring it out. No matter what you do to cover it up, Allah is going to expose you. And thus you will be humiliated. Now we see that some munafiqeen, they had the audacity to speak in front of the Prophet ﷺ. And some of them, like we read earlier, they said words that were very disrespectful to him. Like for example, some of them said, O Prophet ﷺ, have fear of God. You haven't been fair in this distribution. Right? But others were too cowardly. So they wouldn't speak in front of the Prophet ﷺ. What would they do instead? They would 
converse privately. In their gatherings, they would mock at the Muslims, they would mock at the Prophet ﷺ, but at the same time, they were worried. What if somebody tells the Prophet ﷺ? Or what if Allah reveals to him, telling him about us? But yet this fear did not stop them. They became more secretive, right? More cautious about who is saying what, but they did not stop. Like for example, a person who's doing something wrong and he's afraid that he's going to get caught. Because of that fear, what does he do? He becomes more secretive, more cautious. Like for example, if a person is doing something wrong on their phone, what are they going to do? They're going to put a passcode, alright? And then for certain apps, also there will be passcodes. Like there was this app that I found that what you can do is that as soon as you swipe it and you put in the wrong code, it takes your picture. So do you see what's happening? It takes your picture. So if somebody else has got your phone and they're trying to look through your things, the phone has taken the picture of that person. So for example, there is a man, he's trying to hide things from his wife. So as soon as the wife will go through the phone, behind his back, what's going to happen? Her picture is going to be in the phone. So the husband's going to know, oh, so she went through my phone when I was in the shower. Huh? So, so many things people have come up with. Why? To hide and conceal, right? But what happens? No matter how much they try to cover themselves up, right? What happens eventually? They do get exposed. And even if they don't get exposed today, on the day of judgment, what's going to happen? لا تخفى منكم Nothing at all will remain hidden. Every hidden thing will be exposed. And you know the word khafia is actually used for the feathers of a bird that are under the wing. Under the wing. Alright? So you don't really see those feathers all the time. You only see them when the bird opens its wings wide. So even something that is so hidden and deep within the heart, password protected, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُخْرِجٌ مَا تَحْذَرُونَ no matter what you hide, no matter what you conceal, no matter what way you adopt, Allah is going to expose you. And this is a reality. That sometimes a person tries to hide grudges and ill feelings against someone in their heart, and they don't mention it at all. But is it exposed? Yes. In times of difficulty, their true nature is exposed. Their true feelings are revealed. Now remember that these verses were revealed in the context of the battle of the expedition to Tabuk. If you notice, it's always described as the expedition to Tabuk, not battle of Tabuk. Why? Because there was no battle. What happened was that the Prophet ﷺ, he prepared the Muslims, all of them, 30,000 of them went forth. But when they got to the place where they were to fight the Romans, the Romans, they left. Because they didn't expect the Muslims to cross the desert and come all the way. And when they saw that, oh, the Muslims showed up over here, imagine what else is within Arabia. So they said, you know what, we'll wait a little while and then we'll fight them. So basically the Roman forces, they did not show up. And on the way back from Tabuk, it was that the Muslim army, imagine 30,000 of them are traveling together. You can imagine a large group of people, what happens is that they get divided up into small groups. Right? Like for example, in a big class also, who are you sitting with? Who will you talk to? People whom 
you know, either they are from your group or you know them from somewhere else or you happen to always sit together so you prefer to sit next to this person always, right? So in a large group, what happens naturally is that people get divided up in the sense that they remain with who? Those who are like them. The like-minded people stay together in any big group. Like for example, at Hajj, what happens? Thousands and thousands of people go. But people pray next to who? And people sit with who? And people travel in the buses with who? With who? Those who are from their group, those who have come with them from their country, right? Or those who are from the same Hajj package or whatever. So people remain with those who are like them. On the Day of Judgment, in the Hashr also, people will be divided into groups. People will be divided into groups. How? That each person will be with those who are like him. Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A person will be with those whom he loves. Those who are like them. So this is why it's important that in this life, we reflect on this, that who is around me? What kind of people are they? What kind of akhlaq do they have? The closest of people to the Prophet ﷺ in the hashr will be who? Those who have good akhlaq. Those who have good manners. And the farthest from him will be who? Those who have bad akhlaq. So just like that, in this journey back home from Tabuk, people were with who? Those who were like them. So those who loved to be with the Prophet ﷺ, those who were ahead in performing good deeds, where would they be found? Close to the Prophet ﷺ. But then on the other hand, those who tried to avoid him, because they were afraid of being asked, of being questioned, they were guilty, so they had something to hide. They would look away from the Prophet ﷺ, would not look him in the eye. What happened to them? They formed their own groups. So the munafiqeen, they also formed their own group. Now you might wonder, didn't they make excuses and remain behind? The munafiqeen, many of them, they did not go for the expedition in the first place. Alright? They presented the Muslim excuses and they stayed behind. But others, they could not stay behind. They had to go along with the Muslims. Why? Because they couldn't come up with any excuse. They tried to stay behind, but they couldn't come up with any excuse. Or secondly, because of the social pressure, they had to go along. Because it was only the weak or people whose Islam was doubted, who remained behind. So they wanted to prove to others that yes, we are Muslims and we are with you. So they went along. But on the way back, imagine they must have been frustrated, they must have been angry, what a waste of effort. We came all this way, no battle, nothing, and we're going back. So they were frustrated, they were angry. And in there, whenever they stopped, when they spoke amongst themselves, what happened? That hatred, that anger, it was exposed. So one such incident, we learn that once a man was sitting in a gathering, and he said, I have never seen any people like these reciters of ours. He's talking about who? The companions, right? The sincere companions, the muhajirin, the ansar. He said, I have never seen any people like these reciters. And he's mocking at them. How? 
He's mocking at their ibadah. That all they know is to recite the Qur'an. That's all they do. You see them in the morning, they're reading Qur'an. At night, they won't go to bed, they will recite the Qur'an. So these reciters have never seen anyone like them. He said, they have the hungriest of stomachs. Meaning they're so poor. They're so poor, mean their stomachs are most hungry, they've got nothing, they've got no food with them. And he said, they have the most lying tongues, and they are the most cowardice in battle. Meaning they don't know how to battle, and they've come all the way to fight the Romans. So he went on and on mocking at the Muslims. And he's supposed to be one of them. So one of the men, he was a sincere believer, he got up and he said, you are lying. And you are a hypocrite. And I'm going to tell the Prophet wasallam about what you said. So when this happened, the munafiqeen, all of these negative comments they were saying about the Prophet wasallam about the Muslims, they got afraid. What if the Prophet ﷺ is actually informed about it? We're going to get in a lot of trouble. And what if Allah revealed some ayat to the Prophet ﷺ exposing us? So they were afraid that they're going to be in trouble. But yet, did they stop? No, they didn't stop. They continued in their wrong. They continued in their mockery. They continued in their lies. They continued in these evil conversations. And like many people, they fell before their nafs. The temptation was too big. Even though they knew the consequences could be severe, they carried on. It's like we know, if we're sleeping through Fajr, shaitan is going to urinate on our head. The angels are going to go tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we didn't get up for Fajr. But what happens? We fall before our nafs. We fall before our nafs. So just like that, these munafiqeen, they fell before their nafs and they continued. Now the thing is that such behavior, mocking at someone behind their back, and making fun of what? Their good qualities. Finding faults in their good characteristics. This is something that does not befit a believer. It does not befit a believer. That when someone's not there, he's making fun of them. Or he's making fun of their recitation. He's making fun of their salah. He's making fun of their good habits. This behavior does not befit a sincere believer. In the Qur'an we learn, أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ Surah Muhammad ayah 29-30 that أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ Those people in whose hearts is a disease, do they think, أَلَّنْ يُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ أَضْغَانَهُمْ that Allah will not expose their feelings of hatred? They think wrong. Allah will definitely expose their feelings of hatred. And somehow or the other, the news will reach the Prophet ﷺ. And it did. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the Prophet ﷺ the names of the hypocrites. 70 plus hypocrites. He was given the list. This man munafiq. This man munafiq. And actually that was a part of the Qur'an. That was part of the Qur'an. But because those people, some of them, their children were sincere believers, their relatives were sincere believers, for them to know that my relative is a hypocrite, it was very hurtful. So because of that reason, that list was kept with the Prophet ﷺ, meaning only he knew the names. It was not made part of the Qur'an. And the Prophet ﷺ, he informed only one companion of those hypocrites. So Allah exposed them by name. And not just by name. Allah revealed 
the qualities, the characteristics of the hypocrites in the Qur'an so that they're identified, they're known, they're not remain hidden. And in this is a rahmah, a huge mercy. For who? For the Muslims in general. That examine yourself in the light of these traits. Is there anything like this in myself? If there is, it's a problem. I have to strive to eliminate this because this character does not befit a believer. So over here, what is that character that we learn which does not befit a believer? What is that characteristic? Making fun of who? Of other people. Especially making fun of someone who's a sincere believer. Okay, we don't know about their sincerity, but their sincerity is shown by their actions, by their commitment, by their ibadah. Right? By their striving in the way of Allah. So making fun of someone's qira'ah, making fun of someone's hijab, making fun of someone's beard. Beard also. Unfortunately, people make a lot of fun of that. A lot of fun. Their beard is like this. They look like such and such. And they look like so and so. Making fun of hijab. Making fun of someone's speech. Making fun of someone, their recitation. Their Arabic, their pronunciation. This is something that does not befit a believer. He goes beyond this surface. Right? On the apparent you see a person, his mistakes, or his actions, his words. But you go beyond that. You don't just get stuck there. You go beyond that. You appreciate the person for who he is. For what he is. Yes, he's not perfect. Yes, he has mistakes. But you appreciate them. Yes, he doesn't look that great with that big beard. But... At least he's trying to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Yes, she looks really funny now with her hijab. But at least she's following the command of Allah. Yes, her eyebrows look very, very, very whatever. But at least she's trying to follow the command of the Prophet ﷺ. Right? So look beyond what the person looks like and appreciate them for who they are, for what they're trying to do. But the munafiq, because he's very superficial, his focus is the dunya, on the looks. This is why he judges people on what? On their looks only. alaikum. When you look at the example of this verse of what the munafiqeen are and what the Muslims shouldn't be, um, it really makes you realize how in Islam, we are taught to look beyond the superficiality of this world and the things that are around us, of the shallowness of you know these pictures, magazines, everything. Yeah. Um, you really learn to respect and love people for who they are, yes. not what they look like. Exactly. And that's very important. So make a separate list of the characteristics of munafiq. Okay? So the first characteristic that you're going to write down is what? And as we go through the lesson, keep adding to that list. All right? So the first one is making fun of others. Allah says, Wala in and surely if Sa'altahum, you ask them. If you were to question them about what? About whether they really said these words or not, and if they did, why did they say such words about the Prophet ﷺ, about the Muslims? If you were to question them, because this was the way of the Prophet ﷺ, before he would take any action against someone, he would always investigate. He would always investigate. So when he was informed by some companions that this is what so-and-so said and this is what so-and-so was saying, the Prophet ﷺ confronted those men. And he asked them, did you say such words? What was the reason? 
Allah says, if you were to ask them, لَيَقُولُنَّ Surely they will definitely say, إِنَّمَا Indeed not but, كُنَّا We were نَخُوضُ We were conversing. وَنَلْعَبُ And we were playing. We were just talking and chatting and having some fun. Come on, don't take it seriously. We didn't really mean it. We were just kidding. They will just write it off as if it was nothing. Part of the signs of hypocrisy is what? Of the characteristics of hypocrisy is what? That a person belittles sins. He belittles sins. He belittles or he doesn't think too much of harsh statements, harsh words. He says, oh, it's no big deal. Come on, it was only a joke. Don't mind. So they would say, we were only talking and having fun. It wasn't anything too serious. Please, don't get offended. We were just kidding. And many times this happens. People say the most harsh words and later on they say, come on, don't be so sensitive. Alright? Why are you being so touchy? Don't be such a girl. Alright? Grow up. You should develop some tolerance for such words. Otherwise, how will you survive in this world? Come on, be strong. Right? They make you feel like you're dumb for feeling bad. They present an excuse. So basically, they're justifying the wrong. A believer, he does not justify the wrong. He sees, okay, this is something, these words, these actions, Allah does not approve of them. The Messenger ﷺ did not permit this. As soon as he sees that fault in himself, he admits and he wants to reform himself. In the Qur'an we learn that, O believers, do not raise your voices in front of the Prophet ﷺ. Because if you do that, your deeds might be wasted. Meaning, when you're in his company, speak respectfully and speak softly. So one of the companions, he naturally had a very loud voice. Happens with some people, right? They're naturally very, very loud. So he wasn't found for some time. And then when people went to look for him, they found that he was just in his house, afraid to even go in the company of the Prophet ﷺ, that he's going to talk loudly and his deeds are going to be wasted. This is how concerned he was. He wasn't speaking disrespectfully. It was just naturally, he was like that. But a munafiq, what does he do? He justifies his sin. Come on, we can't be robots. We're human beings. We need some fun. We were just killing time. Nakhudu wa nalab. And notice what is mentioned over here as justification. Nakhudu wa nalab. Nakhudu is from the root letters khawa udad. And khawd is to enter into water. Like for example, you put a child in the bathtub. And then what happens? Like, okay, bath time is up. No, 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 no. Five more minutes, two more minutes, three more minutes. And what happens? First they're playing with their toys and they start pouring water out of the tub, right? And then one thing happens and then the other thing happens. One thing leads to another, right? This is what khawd is. That a person enters into a conversation, he engages in some conversation, one topic leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Has it ever happened with you? Has it ever happened that you're talking amongst your friends, you start off talking about what happened yesterday, and you end up talking about who? Somebody's clothes. 
One thing led to another, which led to another, which led to another. And when we engage in such conversations uselessly, you know, like a positive discussion is something good. But a useless conversation, this happened and that happened and she said this and she was wearing that and I saw this good deal and where were you yesterday and I was calling you and I ate that cheesecake and I ate that. A whole hour goes by talking about nonsense. And this is when we end up backbiting others and we end up gossiping, right? When we don't have anything productive to talk about. This is when we end up mocking at others, making fun of others. So they say, we were just passing our time. Come on, it's such a long journey. We had to do something. So we were just talking. And one thing led to another. And come on, don't be offended. We just ended up mocking at the Muslims. It's not a big deal. نَخُوضُ And they say, وَنَلْعَبْ And we were playing. لَعِبْ Just having some fun. We were killing time. Now you see, لَغْ What is لَغْ? Useless conversations and actions which don't benefit a person, neither in this dunya nor in the akhirah. In fact, they become a means of acquiring sin. This is something that is not liked. People who talk a lot end up making a lot of mistakes. And people who talk a lot do not accomplish much in their life. Do not accomplish much in their life. If you analyze on a typical day off, What is it that we do? We go online, or we talk on the phone, we go meet somebody, and what is it that we did? Yes, we spoke about many things, but what is the benefit? What is it that we gained from all those conversations, from all those chats? What is it that we gained? And instead, if those 10 minutes, if those 15 minutes of that half an hour was spent in folding your laundry, perhaps you'd be mentally more relaxed. Isn't it? Or if you went out and helped somebody, or if you recited the Qur'an, or did your morning adhkar, your evening adhkar, you would have a greater sense of accomplishment. نَخُوضُ وَنَلْعَبْ This is something that does not befit a person who has a goal in his life, who lives a productive life. He stays away from useless conversations, from useless activities, because every moment is precious. Every moment is valuable. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever believes in Allah in the last day should either speak something good or he should remain silent. On the day of judgment in the Hashr, in the great gathering, people will be in a lot of regret. People will have a lot of regret. The day of judgment is also called Yawmul. Hasra, the day of regret. And what is it that people have regrets about? One of the things will be wasting their time, wasting their life. In a hadith we learn that if a person were to spend his entire life dragging himself on his face in order to attain Allah's pleasure from the day he was born till the day he dies, he would not think of this as a big accomplishment on the Day of Judgment. He would think, yeah, I did it, but could have done much better. Imagine if a person were to spend his entire life from the day he was born till the day he died, every moment dragging himself on his face in order to attain Allah's pleasure on the Day of Judgment, he would find this action to be haqir. He would think, oh, not a big deal, could have done better, could have done more. This is not good enough to save me today. And how is it that we can spend 
not seconds, not minutes, but hours, hours, in just killing time, killing time, talking about useless things, and we say, yeah, we're just having fun, we're just relaxing. Do we realize how difficult death is and how difficult the moments after death are? If we thought about that reality and if we reminded ourselves of it, we would make use of every minute that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us. Then we wouldn't say, I need a break so I need to watch TV for an hour. You could never justify that. If you remembered that what comes after death is very, very serious. Uthman radiallahu anhu, once he was passing by a grave and when he saw it, he just started crying. He cried and cried and cried until his beard was wet. And the people said to him, you mentioned Jannah, you mentioned Naar, hellfire, but you don't cry like this. Why are you crying so much over the grave? I mean, yes, grave is something serious, but Jannah, Jahannam is far more greater in importance. Uthman who said that I heard the Prophet say that the grave is the first manzil. It is the first stopping place. First destination from the destinations of the hereafter. If a person survives here, then what will follow will be much easier. And if a person fails here, then what will follow will be much, much more difficult. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. But we don't remember this reality. And this is why we can justify an entire day of shopping. We can justify five hours of watching television. We can justify... A whole morning wasted, a whole evening wasted, a whole day wasted. If we are really honest with ourselves, and if we really, really, really want to get something in the akhirah, then we wouldn't waste our lives. We would critically analyze every moment of ours. Every day ask yourself, what did I accomplish today that could perhaps save me in my grave? What is it? that I avoided today because of which perhaps I could be saved on the Day of Judgment. The Akhirah is very, very serious. But those who have forgotten it, who don't realize its importance, they can spend their time نَخُودُ وَنَلْعَبْ And the more they engage in نَخُودُ وَنَلْعَبْ What happens? The more sin they commit. The more time they waste, the more sin they commit. Because an idle mind is what? The devil's workshop, right? If you make yourself available to shaitan, obviously he's going to come and make you do something wrong. So what is necessary? That a person keeps himself busy in good things, in productive things, so that less time, less attention is given to useless things. In the Quran we learn, وَمَنْ يَعْشُ عَنْ ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَنِ Whoever you know, forgets whoever turns away from the dhikr of the most merciful, نُقَيِّضْ لَهُ shaytan. Then a shaytan is appointed for him. فَهُوَ لَهُ قَرِينَ And that shaytan becomes his best friend. That shaytan becomes his companion. And every moment, he makes him do something wrong. Every day is taking us closer to our final destination. We cannot waste it in نَخُوضُ وَنَلْعَبْ so surely they will definitely say, إِنَّمَا كُنَّا We were just having some fun, we were talking, we were playing. Allah says, قُلْ say, أَبِاللَّهِ Is it with Allah وَآيَاتِهِ And His ayat, His verses, the Qur'an وَرَسُولِهِ And His messenger كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهْزِئُونَ You were mocking at? 
Meaning, you couldn't find anything else to have fun with? You couldn't find anything else to talk about? You could only make fun of Allah, His Messenger, and Allah's revealed verses? Is this what you could speak of and have fun with? There's so many other things that a person can entertain himself with. Isn't it? Entertainment itself is not wrong. Having fun in itself is not wrong. Having a conversation, to be relaxed, you know, to laugh, is something that is not wrong. The Prophet ﷺ also, he made jokes. Right? Like for example, once he was sitting with the companions, everybody was having dates, and he kept putting date seeds in front of one of the companions. Alright? And at the end he said, look, I mean, oh, you ate so much. That, that's what he was implying. That you ate so much, you ate everything. And look, in front of me there's nothing. So he also uh, had fun. He engaged in conversation that was light for the purpose of relaxation. There's light humor. Humor itself is not wrong. But making fun of Allah, of God, making fun of revelation, of the sharia, of the laws that Allah has revealed, of the verses, of the Qur'an, of the sha'air, the symbols of religion, making fun of the prophets, of the believers, this is something that does not befit a believer. This is something that is not allowed. Isn't it that we learned earlier that a believer is not even allowed to witness a conversation, to be present in a gathering where the religion is being mocked at. Isn't it? That if you are ever in such a place and people are making fun of Allah, His religion, then what is your obligation? Either stop them and if you don't have the capacity, get up and leave. As soon as you remember, get up and leave. Does it befit a believer that he is one of the people who is actually making fun? Think about it. If there is a person who truly loves his parents, would you find him mocking at his mother in public? Mocking at his father in public? If a person does that, then he is not someone who has any respect for his parents. Right? If a person has any respect for the company that he works for, would you ever find him mocking at it, making fun of it, humiliating it in public? If he's ever found doing that, that's not someone who's loyal and sincere. Thank you. Um, you know, like if we think about it and we'll, we ask ourselves, would we ever do this? And we'd be like, no, we would never make fun of Allah. That's only what the munafiks do. But if we really think about it, when we make fun of like our friends or our sisters and, you know, you have such a funny nose or your ears or whatever, this in itself is making fun of Allah because he created that, right? So in that kind of sense, we are making fun of Allah because he is the creator. Exactly. And Allah's creation in general, like for example, certain creatures, the sounds that they make or the things that they eat. I mean, yes, there are certain creatures about which Allah has said they are rich, they are filthy, right? They are nudges, and we are supposed to dislike them and keep away from them, right? But in general, like for example, a beautiful bird, a person is mocking at the sound that it makes. I mean, this is mocking at who? The maker of that bird, the creator of that bird. So it's very important that when we are, you know, having fun, we're talking about things, cracking jokes, whatever, it's not about, you know, attacking an individual, alright? Or especially anything to do with Allah's religion, His creation, we should keep away from such things. So, أَبِاللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهْزِئُونَ You know, like some people, they find something funny, and others, they don't find it funny. Has it ever happened? 
Somebody cracks a joke and you're like, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. But other people, they will laugh and laugh and laugh. What does it show? That people have different tastes. Right? One person finds a particular subject humorous. Another person finds a particular theme humorous. Whatever it may be. But over here, what do we see? That if a person is making fun of Allah, his messenger, his ayat, what does it show? That he doesn't have any any iman. What is that he's finding funny? What is it that he finds funny over here? What a terrible taste he has. If someone is cracking dirty jokes, like really dirty, what does it show? That they are such a dirty person. If they can say such words, if they can describe such things, if they find these things funny, I mean their mind and their heart must be really gross. What they do in secret must be horrendous, right? It just show it reflects what kind of a person they are. So if a person is making fun of Allah, his religion, it reflects that their personality, what it truly is. There is no love for Allah. There is no ta'zeem, no respect for Allah. Because if there was even a little bit of respect, they wouldn't make fun of God. They wouldn't make fun of God's messengers, of His verses, of the revelation that He has sent. And sometimes it happens that we find jokes that are made by atheists or people of other religions about God in general. And we think, oh no, no, they're just making fun of their gods. They're just making fun of their gods. Who are they actually making fun of? God. The concept of God. Right? The concept of God. The belief in God. Yes, their belief in God is something wrong. There is problems in it. But they're making fun of God. Okay, we don't believe in their gods, we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when the concept of God is being mocked at and we find it funny, there is a problem over there. أَبِاللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهْزِئُونَ 